0: Welcome to the Imago Day Community Podcast. Happy New Year! 2022. Boy, we made it through 2021. We made it through 2000, 2020. <laughs> it was, uh, it's been, 2020 was rough. 2021 felt even rougher. But I feel super hopeful for 2022. Troubled times, but it's going to be great. 2022. Well, today, we're going to be in John chapter 14. So if you want to turn with me there, uh, my name is Ben Thomas. If I've never met you, I'm one of the pastors um, here at Amago, i I'm excited and, and grateful for the opportunity to get to, to share with you this morning. Um, thinking of troubled times, I was kind of remembering, um, just reflecting the other day, thinking through just a, a, a time last year, well, I guess it was two years ago, two, two falls ago, during COVID, um, and we're trying to figure out ways, my wife and I, ways to get the kids outside, they'd been kind of pinned in, and so we thought, man, you know what we should do, it was October, it's like, let's go take them to a corn maze, they'd never been to a to a corn maze before, and so we thought, oh, let's take, take Adric and Brindley to the corn maze, and, and my mother and father-in-law did, lived down in Salem, and there was one right down there, so we went and visited them, and then we headed over to the corn maze. And... Uh, Adric was so excited, my son, because he'd never been in a corn maze, but I was trying to explain it to him. He's like, you get lost in the corn? I'm like, yeah, there's a whole maze, and you run around through it, and it's, it's super exciting. He was amped. The kids were pumped, so we're, we're you know, going to jump into this corn maze. We got in there. You know, there's caramel apples, and there's pumpkin pie and a hot cider, and they didn't care. We ran right by all of that stuff. They wanted to get right into the corn maze. And so we got in, and we were running around as a family and getting muddy and having fun. It was the middle of the day, so it wasn't too scary. And we were just having a blast together. And uh, we ran around for about, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes, exploring the corn maze. And then my wife, Dacia and and daughter, Brinley, were ready to go hit some of that, that hot cider and get a caramel apple, and so they were out. Um, and then it was guys' time, and Adric and I were going to run around in the corn mace together. And uh, at one point, Adric looked at me and he said, Papa, he said, I got this. I know the way to the home base. I want to go. I want to do it all by myself. And I was a little bit like, you know, six-year-old. Ah, all right, bud. You want to try it? You know, mom, Mama's out out of the corn maze she doesn't know let's try it so you know so here I am I'm like let's let's do this so Adric's gonna go and I you know secretly as a dad I'm gonna stay four steps behind him and and know where he's at and so I said all right bud if you think you know the way go for it And he's like I know the way I know the way Boom, he's gone and I'm like oh man I I kind of you know chasing after and try to stay the four steps behind and he grew legs and he, that kid can run and he must have taken some corner and and I lost him and uh and he he was gone and he was lost himself. And so he, he was running around the corn maze, going one place to the other, started hitting dead end after dead end. Started thinking after, it was fun maybe for the first five minutes. And then it got scary. He couldn't find his way out. He thought he knew the way. He thought he had it down. And he could not find the way out of the corn maze. And after dead end, then cutting through corn, trying to take shortcuts, and he found himself scared tired, couldn't find his Papa, the one who knew the way out, and he just started crying. He was lost, and I don't know about you, have you ever found yourself, have you ever been lost, thinking you know the way to go, the decisions to make, but finding that your way is not getting you to the place that you thought you would be? Running at life as fast as you can, but continually running into dead ends, maybe wondering if anybody's even searching for you feeling lost well today we're going to look at a passage in the bible where jesus addresses some of these questions so let's let's get into it together john chapter 14 verse 1 it says do not let your hearts be troubled you believe in god believe also in me my father's house has many rooms If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the place where I am going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered and said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So, Jesus, in verse 6, he says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And, and I want to look at these, these three phrases today I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And I want to try to understand what that could mean for us. As we step into 2022. So what's happening here? Well, well first the first thing Jesus says, he says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. And you can imagine that this would have been a difficult pill to swallow for the disciples. Because they had just had this supper together. And Jesus shared with them that he was going to go away. And that he was going to a place they couldn't follow. And if you think about the disciples, I mean, they had been following Jesus. They had left their jobs. Many of them were traveling with Jesus. And they had seen him doing these incredible things. Miracles. And recognized this is the Messiah. Like this is the person who's going to be the king. He's going to take over and and save us in this world. And all of a sudden he said that he's going to go away. And then he says, oh, but don't be troubled. (laughs) I think I would feel a little bit troubled. And Jesus says he's going away to prepare a place for them. And that someday he will return to them. Which, that sounds good. You know, Jesus, you're going to go and prepare a place for us? Great. Like, we've seen what you can do. You can do some pretty great things. It must be a pretty great place. But, but then he says, you, he knows that you know where I'm going. He says to the disciples, you know where I'm going. And Thomas, you know, who you know, has a little bit, as we know, has a little bit of anxiety probably anyway. Um, I can relate to him. Ben Thomas, I have a little bit of anxiety in my life. Um, Anxiety is just a thing. And, And Thomas says, whoa, 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 Jesus. Okay, you said that we know the way. We don't know where you're going. How are we supposed to know the way? And Jesus says that he is the way. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus says he is the way. So the way isn't through a fancy map. It's not through a charted course but it's through a person. You see, Thomas probably thought it was an actual geographic location that Jesus was going to go somewhere. And no, Jesus says, I am the way. It's not through a map. They needed the person of Jesus to find their way home. And this was his promise, that he was coming again to take them to be with him. If we think back to the story of my son Adric lost in the corn maze, here's my little boy, And he couldn't couldn't go it alone and find his own way. He couldn't. He found himself frightened and lost. His heart was very troubled. And he needed someone to show him the way. God came to earth to pursue us and to show us the way through Jesus, through his son. He pursued us. And he loves you and he will pursue you because he wants to be the way for you. He wants you to be with him. Are there ways that you've been trying to go it alone without Jesus? Are there moments when you found yourself believing that your way might be better than God's way? Is there maybe a relationship in your life? Maybe there's a person who you think is going to be your rescuer, who's going to save you. But the reality is, is that that's not fair to the people that we're in relationship with. Because they weren't created to be our way. They weren't created to save us. Only Jesus can be the way. He's the only one who can save us. Jesus is the way. And he doesn't want to just give us a map. He doesn't want to just point us in the right direction. No, he wants to walk with us. Step by step. He wants to find us and walk with us. And show us the way to the Father. See, the invitation was the same for the disciples that it is for us today. To follow him. To trust that he is the way. So the second thing Jesus says, he says that I am the truth. He says, I am the way and I am the truth. What does Jesus mean when he says that I am the truth? Well, the book of John that we're looking in, actually John covers this quite a bit. And in the beginning of the book of John, in verse 14, it says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son. Who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is the truth because he came from the source of all truth. Jesus was with the Father at the creation of the world when all truth was created. He is the source of truth. And we know that he came from the Father. We also see in 1 John 5 verse 20, it says, We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding... So that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true by being in his son. We know him who is true, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. And another verse which I love and I think epitomizes what Jesus is saying to the disciples here is is in John chapter 8, verse 31. It says, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. Jesus, as the way, was telling him that the only way that they could truly be set free was to believe him as truth. To believe that he was the truth for them. The truth in life. But it's hard to know the truth sometimes, right? I mean, we all have experienced this. I don't know about you, but over the last two years especially, I get people telling me truths all the time. I mean, I don't know about you, but I get articles from family members, friends, and they're like, oh, you've got to see this. This just happened. And I'm like, okay, and I get this, and I'm like, wait a second. Where, where's the source of this? Oh, no, trust me, this just happened in Texas. I had someone send me, and it was five years ago. <laughs> but they, got the, they didn't look at the date, and I was like, yeah, you got to check your sources a little bit better. Where are we going to get truth? Where do we find where truth is today, right? We get confused by truth. A few years ago, I think this is fascinating, Oxford Oxford Dictionary, they declared post-truth as its international word of the year. Post-truth was the word of the year. And they define it as this. It's defined as an adjective relating to circumstances in which objective facts are less influential in shaping public opinion than emotional appeals. That we live in a world where actual facts are less influential than just the emotional draw of things. But we kind of have seen that, right? Another crazy example, which I just think is so wild, is that of the top 20 Christian Facebook pages, so Facebook pages that are Christian pages, 19, 19 out of the 20 of those pages are bots from Eastern Europe that are created to give false information, to get emotional appeal so that they can get more clicks, get more interest, get data, whatever it is. 19 out of the 20 of those Christian Facebook pages are fake. It is hard to know where to find truth sometimes. And my question for us this morning is, is, where are you going for truth? What are the lies that maybe you're believing? What are the lies that sometimes we're believing? And I know it's the new year, and we tend to try to make sort of New Year's resolutions. We try to make new goals, refocus on the coming year. Maybe you've, maybe you've made a, a, an objective to work out more in. So it's January 2nd, and you've, maybe you got up earliest when You got two days in. Well done. Uh, maybe you started a new diet and you're like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I want to focus on losing some weight, and so I, I'm gonna do this diet. Um, I wanna, I wanna figure this out. Well, there's this interesting thing, and, and I, I wanna, I wanna look at this, but I wanna ask us this morning: Have you ever considered maybe t- making an information diet? See, where is my information gonna come from this year? Maybe rather than the, the physical diet, we do an information diet. And there's this guy named Brett McCracken. He wrote a book called The Wisdom Pyramid. I, if you could put that up on the screen. This is, I think this is really fascinating. So he came up with the idea of the wisdom pyramid. Where are the things that we can go to that are really going to be sources to help us find wisdom? And one of the things that he says in his book is he says that even though this is the pyramid that he came up with, the reality is, is that our world turns it upside down. And so often we tend to go to things like social media or the internet for things before we actually go to sources of truth that will actually give us true wisdom. We tend to rely on those other things. And this year, I wonder if we just, if we maybe spend a little more time thinking through man, what would it look like if we, if rather than just going to the internet or spending time on social media, we spent more time out in the woods, we spent more time walking around. We're from Oregon. I mean, people have said, you know, whatever about Portland. I love living in Portland. I think we live in one of the most beautiful states. And the fact that we can go to the mountain, I mean, when I was in college, I could go to the mountain, I could snowboard, and I could be at the beach and surf in the same day. I mean, come on. What if we spent more time this year looking at the beauty of God's creation and the truth that's there? What if we spent more time thinking about what does it mean for me to be a part of a community? What would it mean for me to be a part of of the church And understand that there's so much truth that can be found in this community. As we walk together, as we serve together, as we give together. What if we spent more time in God's word? What if we spent more time trying to understand the truth of what Jesus has told us through his word? And then we meditated and focused on that and spent more time on that than flipping through news articles and getting on social media. I'm going to give a shameless plug because I I think I love this. Um, For those of you that don't know about the Bible Project, um, the Bible Project is actually, they're actually housed here at Imago, different organization, Um, but really grateful they're they're here at Imago. And they, just January 1st, they dropped an app on their phone, the Bible Project app. If you haven't seen it, it is incredible. I just just started flipping through it a couple days ago, um, got access to it. It's amazing. I don't care if you, even during the sermon, if you download it, I'm fine with that. Because it's worth it. Because it can help you as you're reading the Bible. Each verse has a box you can click on it, and it has any videos that they have, any podcasts, any lessons that they'll teach you what the Bible's saying. It teaches you how to read the Bible. What if we spent more time focusing and marinating our lives in God's truth this year, and we spent time reading His Word, we came to understand the true truth more, because Jesus says to us that I am the way and I am the truth. Let's go to the actual source. Let's go to the actual source. So Jesus is not only the way to go get home, He's not, He's the truth that we can rely on and that we can count on. But Jesus can also give us life. And he's not just talking about the afterlife. I think we can read this passage and we hear him talking about going home and I'm going to prayer place for you. And we get this image of heaven and we're like, okay, oh yeah, Jesus is the way to heaven. Like he's the way to, but actually he says that I came to give you life. The way that we encounter this life is through his Holy Spirit. Through the Spirit of Christ. You see, Jesus was the ultimate model for us. He came down as a man and he relied on the Spirit to talk with the Father. The Spirit spoke to him. And he's he's an example for us and he's the model for us. that He had the Spirit and he listened to the Spirit. Jesus says that he is the life because he offers this life through his Holy Spirit. Just a few verses after this passage, he's sitting still having a meal with the disciples. And they're obviously feeling nervous. They're feeling troubled that he's leaving. And he says, I'm going to send an advocate, a counselor to be with you. I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. I'm not leaving you. I want to walk with you. I don't want you to be lost. I want to be with you. You can listen to me. My spirit will speak to you. See, Jesus doesn't just find us to just point us in the right direction. But he journeys with us through his spirit. When we accept him, we are no longer alone, aimlessly trying to find our way home, passing from one dead end to another. No, his spirit guides us and leads us, making the life that we live today far beyond what we could ever have dreamed of. Jesus' life for us today And we know that he himself believed in this. Because just a few hours after he has this meal with them, he's going towards the cross. And he's going to die. And he knew that the life inside him was even greater than death itself. Jesus believed in the life. He believed in the life that he had and he gives it to us freely. He gives it to us freely. What are the things that are stealing the life from us? These past couple of years have caused a lot of fatigue for a lot of us. I don't know about you, it certainly has for me. And I know that I've allowed myself too many times to get wrapped up in worry and anxiety. All the things that are going on. At times I've allowed my circumstances to rob me of life's joy. And confidence in who Jesus is and can be for me. Sometimes we're in spaces like this, we need a simple message to go by. At Christmas, I have a a friend who gave me a couple books for Christmas, and I was like, oh, this is great, Um, you know, thank you. And it's helping me make decisions, think through life, all those kind of things. And one of the books was just a thick book of all these questions that you need to be thinking through to really kind of figure out your path. And I got about halfway into one chapter, and I felt overwhelmed. Like so many questions, so complicated, so many things to think about, and sometimes We just need something simple. And I know that this message is a simple message. But isn't that what we need right now? We need a simple message from Jesus just saying, I am the way and the truth and the life that if we come to him, he will show us the way forward. This year I am resolved to try to keep things simple. Because too often I'm like my little son Adric, trapped in a maze trying to find my way out, dead end after dead end. I'm tired of that. I want to grab a hold of this simple message of Jesus this year. And I want to believe that he is the truth and he can give me life. Give me life. What are the things that are keeping you away from the life that Jesus has for you today? Where are you troubled? I want to take some time and I want to give you some time just to think for a couple minutes. Whether you're at home and you're listening... Um, or whether you're here, I'm just gonna. We're gonna actually just play some music, and as we kind of think about and head towards the table, communion. As we think about and remember Christ giving His life for us, I want you to ask yourself internally: What are some of those questions? What are the things for you that have been troubling you, that have been robbing you maybe of the joy that Christ has for you? Maybe there's something that you need to bring to the table, to the to to the table today, and say, Jesus, I want to give this to you. I want to release this. Because I'm tired of living my life without your joy, without your strength. He's the way, the truth, and the life. So I'm going to ask them to just play. They're going to play some light music here. And if you're home, um, we're just going to take a minute. It's just going to be a minute or two. Maybe this will inspire you to take some more time later to reflect on these things. Um, but let's just take a minute and just think. Maybe you can close your eyes and just think to yourself, what are those things that I need to release? What are those things that I've been chasing after that have gotten in the way of what Christ has for me? So let's take a couple minutes. Some of you, you've been trying to do it on your own. And we don't know the way on our own. Some of you have been struggling. Some of us have been struggling. With feeling disappointed and discouraged by constant dead ends. Maybe it's time to let him lead you and be the way for you. God does not want you to be alone. Scared and lost like a child in a corn maze. He wants to know you and he wants to be with you. Jesus is here and he's come for you. He wants to walk with you step by step, not just this year, but in your life. So let's, let's take your, the elements. If you're at home, maybe you can grab some bread and some juice. If you're here, you have one of these fancy little cups. We're going to take communion together. Remembering that the bread is the body, the juice, the wine is the blood. Remembering Jesus and the sacrifice that he made for us. See, it's Jesus who shows us the way home to life with the Father. It's Jesus who speaks truth over the lies that we've believed. And it's Jesus who gave his life So that we may have life abundantly. In 1 Corinthians 11, 23-26, it says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. That the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The body. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. The blood. I love how this verse ends. It says, for whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. That whenever we do this, whenever we participate in communion week after week, we're proclaiming and remembering that Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice for us. He died. He died for us. Jesus died to be the way, the truth, and the life for us. And as we step into this new year, may we truly believe that. May we have the confidence that he is with us. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for this new year. Thank you for the sacrifice that you made for us. And we thank you that that you do not leave us alone. Lord no matter how lost we may feel at times, no matter how confused we may be by the lies that are out there in the world, the things that aren't true, no matter how fatigued we are, no matter how tired, Lord, that you have given us your spirit. Jesus, you've given us your spirit to give us life. And I pray that we would embrace it wholeheartedly and that we would trust you. We love you. In your name, amen.